Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill. Along with me is my dear wife, Jerry, and we are talking about Christmas, actually. So Christmas is coming. Christmas Yay. is coming. I look forward to it. We got to get too. lights done on the house. Yeah, we got them partway done, so I don't want to plug them in because I know. <laughs> like partway Sadly, around. Ben out there tonight, they'll get them done. <laughs> no, we're looking at, I want to look at the genealogy of Christ because it's amazing that God uses broken people, and I think that's always a good theme. And, you know, we had our Bible study last night, and I was talking to some different people about following the will of God. Does God have mm -hmm. a plan for your life? And, you know, obviously sometimes people get off the path because God didn't really want them to do some of the things they did when you consider drug addiction, adultery, so on and so forth. And yet, even after some of those things, we can still get on a path that's pretty pretty yeah. nice if we're following God and yep. doing the right thing. Yeah, so, God I mean, can use us no matter what our past or whatever we've been through. He still, you know, uses everything to work for the good. Right. So here it is in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. Those are your Christmas account. So if you're mm -hmm. wondering about where do I find the story about the shepherds, the story about the angels and the wise men and all that, that's going to come in the first couple chapters of Matthew, first couple chapters of Luke. So in Matthew chapter one, it says, this is a genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, that's important. A lot of times, you know, for us in genealogy, like we know our dad and our grandparents and maybe our great grandparents, we probably don't really know much beyond that. Right. Some people dig into it a little heavier. But when it comes to the Jewish people, it's super important that the Messiah was going to be born in the line of David. Yes. Because that's what was prophesied. And that it would be someone also, even before David, that's from the tribe of Judah. So it says in Genesis 49 10, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nation shall be his. And I look at that and say, yeah, there's going to be a very significant person that comes from the tribe of Judah and the nations will obey him. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. You know, when you right? look back at the lineage, right? So you have that. And then you have also in, in Isaiah 11, one, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse from, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit that goes on to talk about the Messiah. And again, a one who's going to lead nations so you look at these verses, okay, being in the line of David was mm -hmm. pretty important. Yeah, and Jesse was And David's that's dad. what they're establishing right. is mm -hmm. a Jesus Christ because of Joseph, who was actually a stepdad, not his biological father, but a stepdad. They're counting the genealogy as coming from him. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, and that it's is an cool. important piece of the Messiah. Now, as you look at the names, and it starts out, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, so on and so forth. Abraham is the father of the Jewish people. Yes. We tie back into Abraham as an example of faith. Mm -hmm. Abraham was the one, it said that from Abraham would come one from, from whom all nations would be blessed. Right. And so all nations would be blessed through Abraham. And we understand that through Jesus Christ, then at all least those us. who believe yep. that all people, all nations. So the Messiah was never intended to be just somebody who was going to affect just the Jewish, the Jewish people, people, but right. also the Gentile people. So Jews, Gentiles, all nations, mm -hmm. everyone alike. Right. So Abraham is the father of the Jewish people. So you have his name and that's kind of understandable. But then you have other people and it goes down and says Judah, the father of Perez and Terah, whose mother was Tamar. And I'm interested that four women are mentioned. Most genealogies only mention the dads, mm -hmm. don't mention. And it's kind of even in our world today, there's, you know, children, if a girl gets married, she takes on the surname of her husband right and mm -hmm. like you went from being a carmen to a mcminn and mm -hmm. that's the common thing so you know you trace your family through the dad's last name right right mm -hmm. so it's not that unusual that they would have guys you know this guy had this kid had this kid had this kid yep. saves time and space and days you don't have printing presses yeah. so 
But there's still four women mentioned in the first one's Tamar. Now, I don't know if you really remember anything about Tamar or not. Um, yeah, I do. Is she the one that, like, then sent the ring back as she was pregnant? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I she was married. And in those days, if you were married and your husband died before you had kids, then the brother was supposed to... Then marry you. Marry you, which the brother did. And then he was doing bad stuff, so he got killed. So they were both wicked, and they both died. So poor Tamar has two wicked husbands and God kills them both. She doesn't have any kids. And so Judah says, well, I'll give you, you know, my next son's old enough. I'll make sure, you know, you'll have a kid through him. <laughs> That's crazy. And then he was afraid because, you know, she's like the black widow. So, you know, everyone who marries her dies. So he doesn't really want to give his son to her. So she knows this and he didn't do it. So she dresses up like a prostitute and coaxes him into her. And he actually, this is how strange this is. So, so Judah so now she is with child from him. Has a child. Yeah. With his daughter-in-law. But didn't know it was the daughter-in-law. And didn't know it. And then when found out she's pregnant, wanted to basically condemn burn her. her. Yeah, yeah, condemn her and burn her at the stake. <laughs> and she goes, well, whose ring is this? And who, and then he realizes, well, you're more righteous than I am. It's not really a high bar there. Right. You know what I'm saying for any of them. But <laughs> I still look at it and say. She's in the line of Christ. She's mentioned yeah as the the first woman whose mother was tamar i just want you to know uh you know when jesus christ was born to this planet there's a lot of broken people part of this chain mm -hmm. which uh, is great because it shows that we're all welcome in right you know no matter what we've been through it's pretty everyone, awesome. ev yeah everyone can be part and everyone can get it together mm -hmm. and plus it even when you have like she had a child and it was like this really weird circumstance obviously she was not a blood relative to judah so it wasn't like uh that way you know his mm -hmm. sons married her right so yeah i mean that kind of activity would be condemned in the bible for sure and they're all involved in it, which the Bible would say was wrong, but they're still in the genealogy of Christ. It's not like the Bible tries to whitewash everything mm -hmm. or whitewash sinful humanity. I think the Bible's pretty clear from Genesis 3 on. Right. There's a lot of sin in the world, mm -hmm. and we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I think that's one of the messages in the Bible is like, look, we're not here to try to talk ourselves into not being sinners. We're not here to try to wash it away we're here to understand no we do things wrong it's better that mm -hmm. you don't i mean you saved and you follow christ then yeah definitely do the right thing but on the other hand a lot of people that i've seen come to christ have come to christ because they've been in a lot of bad paths mm -hmm. and it's awesome because i mean the whole reason christ came here was to redeem the lost right you know to save us from the just the depths of sin that we're in right so. For sure. It's awesome. Yeah. And not every name is mentioned in the genealogy because I noticed some of the king's names weren't in there when I read mm -hmm. through it because we're studying the kings in, yeah. it Bible, skips in our through. men's Bible study. Yeah. And I noticed, yeah. It Little kind highlights. Of did, yeah, it's yeah. kind of the highlights. So anyway, then it has this uh, salmon was the, that would be a good name for a fisherman today. They like, <laughs> they like salmon. Of course, that's not what it meant but then, but it's, that, that was the name. Anyway, he has Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. So yeah, and Rahab was also the prostitute, right? Was that in um, am I right in Jericho? Yeah, yeah, in Jericho. So she put the cord down. She saved. She rescued the spies, kept them hidden, and because of that, God spared her family when the walls came tumbling down. Yeah, because you got to remember, I mean, this isn't the time of the judges. Like Rahab would have been in there right when they conquered the land. They conquered the land. It's, it's a time after that. Then it's a 300-year period of the judges. Mm -hmm. They don't really have a king yet. And so Ruth was in there. And then it says, 
Boaz, we don't know how old he was, but his mother was Rahab. Yeah, it's you look at this and say, wow, okay, Rahab, she's a prostitute. She saved the spies' lives, though. Mm-hmm. Like, she sided with God. She knew the city was going down. She knew God had given the land. She believed in God, and she sided with them. And they said, well, you'll live if you tie the scarlet cord to your window, this rope, when we see it you'll be spared when the walls come down. Yep. So anybody that you want spared, any of your family members, whatever, you make sure you Get have them, them in here. Your house. Yep. So obviously, you know, you think about Rahab and you think that she's the mom of this guy who's, who's a boss is a great guy. Yeah. I he mean, is. he's really a caring individual. He's honest. Uh, when there's a lot of corruption in the land, like he told Ruth when she came up, hey, listen, stay in my fields because he be would. Protected. He told him that, yeah, yeah, he'd protect her. If you go to another field, you might be harmed. Like he mm-hmm. knew how dangerous and violent some of the areas could be. So he told her, hey, if you stick with me, you're going to be okay because he was yep. an okay guy. You know, he was a righteous guy. Mary, you know, raised by somebody who used to be a prostitute. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, God redeems. Yeah, right. It's really cool. Well, there, you look in our world today, there's a lot of broken homes. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, weird situations. I mean, you, you hear and you think about some of these kids that are really in destitute situations and really having a hard time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is sad, the things that, you know, young children have to go through or right. abuse that people take. Right, but it, you can turn it around. Mm-hmm. And I think of Rahab, she obviously, if you think about her life, she comes out during warfare. She's not a national. She's she's somebody who's mentioned in the genealogy of Christ. She wasn't even Jewish. She was part of the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. So she was right. living in the city of Jericho. She was among a people that God was eliminating because they were so wicked. And here she is coming into God's people. So she had to learn what they believed. She would have gotten married, settled down, left the life of prostitution, started turning around to do the right thing, has this kid named Boaz, who's part of one of the books of the Bible. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's cool. And mentioned in singled out, again, women aren't usually mentioned in the genealogy, but Rahab is, Mm -hmm. and she was a prostitute. Don't you think there's a message there? Yeah, I think none of us are beyond hope. I mean, God offers hope for a new life. I mean, it talks in the Bible about he wants to give us a full and abundant life. And all we have to do is just come to him and, you know, seek his way and his will. Right. And if you'll do that, then everything's going to be to follow suit. I mean, you you start listening, you know, sometimes people planted a bad harvest Mm -hmm. and the way to, to get things turned around, start planting good seeds and you reap a good harvest. A lot of times people think I'm just going to sit around and think positive thoughts until positive things happen. I would highly recommend get out there and do positive things. If you want good things to happen, like I had some great photos that, uh, that I got on Sunday. Why? Because I got off the couch and I put myself in a good position. And sometimes you got to get off yeah. the spiritual couch and put yourself in a good position. You need to get out there where God is working and moving, get out there and do things in people's lives. Yeah. Good things start to happen for you. And I look at Rahab, she may have been a prostitute by no choice of her own. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you look at prostitution, uh, whether it was in Europe, I'm sure at times in America, it's not like women were wanting to do this. Right. Some of these people through trials through bad things that happen. In fact, uh, Les Miserables was written. One of the reasons that Victor Hugo wrote Les Miserables was as a treatise in some ways, a novel against prostitution because these women couldn't work 
they didn't have husbands and sometimes they lost jobs because they had to keep bills and they had to pay for the things that their children were forced into prostitution. So you don't even know with Rahab, if perhaps she had been forced into that way of life, but whatever the case may be, whatever the case, you know, of the reason a person might be have an anger issue, the reason the person might be an addiction or alcoholism or uh, sexual immorality or whatever it is, you know, so some things happen to kids growing up that are no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it happens, you know, somebody laid hands on them that should have their hands and other parts cut off for doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Cause there's been a lot of abuse that there, we should have no tolerance for And I know our country doesn't, but you can still make it. Like mm-hmm. you think about Rahab and what she was forced into and, and what, what she was involved in and to come out, clean it up, get married, have a kid as great as Boaz mm-hmm. It's a beautiful picture. It That's is. That's all I'm saying. That's really great. Right. It's hope. It's hope mm-hmm. that, you know, you you can be okay. Uh, then you have... Ruth, and she's mentioned also in the genealogy of Christ. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah, she's a Moabite. She, yeah, that she's yeah. in there. And so you have her because she's married right after that. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Boab, and his mother was Ruth because she married Boaz. Ruth wasn't even from the country. Mm-hmm. Ruth was from Moab. Her husband died. Naomi's husband died. Naomi's other son died. And Ruth just said, I'll go back with you. Mm-hmm. Where your people are are going to be where my people are. And I'm going to, your God's going to be my God. And she went on and believed they were poor as paupers. I mean, they had nothing. Went out just going behind the harvesters, just picking up whatever was left. Yeah, because in in those days, it was a beautiful concept, actually. and, And we need to kind of go by this concept in our own lives, too. They would never glean the whole field. Like if they cut down a field, they would... They would actually pour, pull some out for the poor, but they, they said in the Bible, don't harvest to the corners. Don't go back over your field twice and pick everything up because some of it needs to be there for the poor. And I think when we harvest our dollars, we shouldn't harvest every dollar for ourselves. Right. There's got to be enough dollars to give to people who are needy and mm-hmm. hurting. Yep. Right. So Ruth yeah. was one of those needy, hurting people, and God provides Boaz. Yeah. As a husband. Yeah. It takes care of her totally. Right. And takes care of her totally. Mm -hmm. So you look at her and she was invited in. She was welcome in. She was an outsider. She didn't grow up there. She didn't come from that town. Uh, She wasn't Israeli. She wasn't Jewish, but she was welcome there in God's family. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to grow up in church to be welcome in God's family. You don't have to have your whole life be squeaky clean. You might've been through some hard things, lost a, a spouse, lost a kid, lost who knows what. And been through all kinds of terrible things. But you know what? There's room for you in God's family. Yeah. It is a great thing just to feel, you know, that you can take all the baggage that you have and just lay it at the foot of the cross. Right. You know what I mean? That God just takes all our burdens. Right. But these are all people, one, they're coming to faith. Rahab comes to faith. Ruth mm-hmm. comes to faith. And then you have, and I think it's interesting that, that Ruth and Rahab are both in the genealogy of David. I mean, not really too far removed from him. So you have, Ruth has this, kid she gets married to obad and she has jesse jesse's father of david, david yeah so if you want to look back now as far as this i don't know if they're they're skipping around or not i've never really tried to tabulate all the years out i have tried to research it at times but okay so david's grandma's ruth mm-hmm. and That's his great cool. and great grandma's rahab <laughs> and he's the greatest king the line of the messiah is going to come through that king mm-hmm. That's why we're even talking about this is because David is a huge player. And then it said David's David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. She Bathsheba doesn't even get mentioned as a girl. Nah. She just gets mentioned as Uriah's wife because the Bible wants to throw that dig in there 
that that one belong to Uriah yeah. and David stole her mm-hmm. from Uriah and then had Uriah kill to, uh, Try to cover, cover up, up that yeah. David got Bathsheba pregnant. And, uh, you know, if you've never read the Bible, it might be sounding more interesting to you right now. You know, like, <laughs> this stuff really happened in the Bible? Yeah, David committed adultery. He got in huge trouble for it. He had a lot of problems in his family because of what he chose to do. But mm-hmm. Solomon still came from Bathsheba, who had done some bad things, right. which Solomon also part of the genealogy of Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, broken people left and right. Yep. Messed up situations. Terribly messed up. It is. Right? It really is, yeah. And yet God is working. Here's God working for the redemption of mankind through all these busted up people. Yeah, and, and these- I love too, like you said, you know, the Bible doesn't try to hide it or sugarcoat it or or make it look like, oh, the family that Jesus came through, it was perfect. You know, no, it says in the Bible, you know, even like he was tempted in ways that we are. He is fully man and fully God, and he came from fully sinful, you know, people. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we know he didn't sin because he was had that divine part, but then you think, you know, eventually it'll come down to all the way down to uh, Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mm -hmm. And Mary was the mother of Jesus who was called the Messiah. And their marriage is a common gal and a reminder that God uses ordinary people. But again, she was somebody actually who was doing the right thing, was obeying. Spiritual, yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's important that all these people, if they didn't have their lives turned around, they turned them around. Mm -hmm. And God gives an opportunity. But I do want to give some credence a little bit before I move on to Uriah. Uriah was heroic. Yeah. Uriah was such a good man. And the whole reason there was a cover-up is because David slept with... Bathsheba while Uriah was out the war. David should have been out the war with his men too, but he wasn't. He's sitting around looking at this hot chick, Bathsheba, yeah. and he sees her, hmm, and he can't control himself. He's already got wives. He doesn't even need her. True. He could, he could yeah. have just gone and see his wife. You know, he didn't need to go see her, but he did. She finds out she's pregnant now. So he bring he calls Uriah back and well, go sleep with your wife. I can't do that. My comrades are out there. My brothers in arms, man, are out there fighting in a battle. He was so noble. He goes, how dare I go sleep with my wife when my men are out there at war? Yeah. And so they <laughs> killed him by sending him out too close to the to the wall, and they backed away from him and left the guy there for dead. They left him out there. They posted him in a position, and the rest of the army abandoned him, came back, and he got slaughtered. It was evil. Because his own men backed out from him. That's how brave this guy was. Mm-hmm. He was close to the wall. He was fighting. He wouldn't even go see his wife. He goes, how dare I go get the comfort of my wife when my, my fellow soldiers are out there in the field? Because David wanted him to sleep with her and not know, remember the number of months it was. And right, and he would have never been the wiser. He would have been raising David's kid like it was his own. And that, yeah, it was crazy. It was. You know what I'm saying? So poor Uriah got killed early because of this criminal activity. The stuff that, uh, you know what I mean? It's just ingest. It's ingest, man. I like Dave. Dave was a man after his own heart, and David did repent of the sin, but David was broken too. And God still used it, though. Mm-hmm. He still, Solomon still came from that woman. Yeah. Right? So there it goes. So I, I look at all these things, and I'm just reminded, you know, of the kind of God we have. And in Exodus uh, 34, 6 or 7, God passed in front of Moses, proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. There you have it. Yep. He's loving. He wants everyone to come to repentance. Right. But you have to ask. Yeah. I mean, here's God. He's compassionate. 
He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He abounds in love. He forgives wickedness and rebellion. He forgives us, and he allows us a chance. There's hope. When you come to the story, starting with the genealogy of Christ, and you come to the story of Christ being born, there's a tremendous amount of hope in this world. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. Hope is a blessing to you. You guys have a great and a blessed week.